single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Do you have any pre-podcast rituals that you do? I usually just uh, make sure I got water. Make sure the the whistle is wet since I'll be talking for a while. Mm-hmm. No, in this podcast, and I do most of the talking. Yeah, no, that's, good. <laughs> that's good. That's <laughs> good. Uh, I did a podcast recently where one of the questions was, "What do you want to talk about now?" <laughs> and that's a good I, question. I mean, I hey, go giving you the option, giving you full they power. They did give me full control, which was yeah. you know a little empowering. But it threw me off a little bit too, because usually the whoever's hosting the podcast has kind of like a. I'll be go, honest. They're going somewhere. I don't have. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, but that's okay. That's you. That podcast stole my first question. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Except I don't use the word now because the first question is what do you want to talk about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way to go. Well, dude, you're my favorite. So. That's what you want to talk about? No, I mean, I've been tell- I've been I'm telling gonna- you that for years that you're my favorite. Yeah, but now you have to tell the world. I sometimes, well, most, almost every single time I see Ari, I'll hug him very closely, and I'll say, "You're my favorite." Yeah. But the very first time I said it was I don't remember the first the time. The very first time I said, "You're my favorite," and I said, "Jew." <laughs> so it's that's, a continuation of that's anti-semitic not at all you're my favorite jewish person that seems anti-semitic i don't think so at all i think it sounds like a good Gentile would, you ever, friend. would you ever walk up to a black person and say you're my favorite black well i think that <laughs> there would need to be the right circumstance <laughs> and, I, and i would have to i would have to and be would really be? Fr- good friends with. who would it be who would It'd probably you be like somebody like jamar willie who like i'm, I'm close enough too. with where like they would get it as like a joke <laughs> i mean that's that would be they'd be like what like jamar would be like huh or you could even flip it hugging a girl and go you're my favorite female they'd probably love that yeah they would girls love compliments but there's certain there's certain girls are so pronouns take or, any or nouns that you know that are okay okay i think favorite black sounds way worse <laughs> than favorite female or favorite jew but jew and black could be on the same level it depends on it's it depends like on that, the context yeah, it that, all depends on the it's context. like that louis ck joke where he says jew is the only word that could be mean a good or a bad thing right depending on how you say it yeah and yeah, i mean it the good way when i see ari manis do you think that uh jews are the chosen people or do you think that's just something they believe or do you really think they are it's it's kind of hard to tell i i th- i mean you know maybe they had some good mojo going for them and then it's like a self-proclaimed thing you know i don't I know i think it's bullshit yeah i don't think jews are the chosen people i mean i think it's hard to i mean it's hard to say i, I don't mean like, what, like are you so religious many, I grew up super religious. But yeah. how, now? Uh, I would say Do you go to it church? sounds very L.A. for me to say this, but I'm more of a spiritual person. I still pray. Uh, to God? Yeah, I still pray to God. Every day? Yeah, I try to. And um, do you go to church on Sundays? I don't go to church. That's that's where the uh, my. it's hard for me to classify Who's myself your as child? a religious person. When are you having a child? 
What's that? When are you having a child? When am I? Yeah. Like when am I having children? You and your wife, yeah. Oh, that's not you that's a that's a different podcast altogether. You I have know. no idea. Okay, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I have no idea. So when you do have a child, because okay. I know you will, I I I could see it. She really wants it. We'll and we'll, I think we'll you make really it happen. Want it. Yeah, and I think you really want it. Whether I don't know, you know how that's going to happen, but you're going to. Why do, do you? Here, I mean, we're on this unlicensed therapy. Why would what makes when you look at me, you say that like Jeremiah wants a kid because. I've been saying the opposite to my wife. Yeah, you've lately. been saying it, but deep down, yeah, you want it. Yeah, yeah, you want to be well, a now, dad. Why you would wanna... you say? That? In your unprofessional opinion, why would you say that? Uh, I could still be a professionally unlicensed. Um, I would say <laughs> <laughs> you got really offended. I could still be professionally unlicensed. Yeah, I mean, look at this garage. I mean, this is I professional. Mean, it looks very nice in here, actually. Yeah. Okay, so why do I know that you? Want kids. Want, yeah, kids. Yeah. want kids or, or even will have them? Well, a few reasons. Okay. Uh, you're a very, very nice guy. Nice guys want kids. That's one reason. Really nice people. Kind people. Hey, how are people who... Huggers. Guys who have had one vagina their whole life. Those are family men. Okay, so far he's describing me pretty well yeah those are family men uh another reason you're a comedian right an actor an entertainer <laughs> that's my favorite question i've been asked in a while you're a comedian right <laughs> how would you what would you describe yourself if someone said what do you do would you say comedian i'd say comedian comedian yeah, yeah. right because i mean i do a lot of things you but, do a lot of things but i specifically but identify as a, co- a comedian absolutely i mean yeah, it's, you're in the it's very community. specific why like people ask me not all the time, but every once in a while, they'll be like, why is your handle on social media, Jeremiah, stand-up? I'm like, that's what I am first. I'm going to do a lot of things throughout my career, but I want that to be the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're a comedian, an entertainer. Yeah. Um, every comedian's a little mentally ill. Yeah. You know. I agree with that. Thinks they... A little bit. Even if it's just a little a ego, a, le- just a, a little uh, pinch of egotisticalness in them. A little... Sure. A little listen to me thinks the world should know what they have to say. Okay. Yeah. So what comedian wouldn't want to spread that into another human? Spread a little bit of themselves. Create a new Jeremiah. A Jeremiah 2.0. Yeah, but if I was really, really selfish, though, if I if we go to the extreme, then I, I would only want there to be... But you're not really, really selfish. You're just a little selfish. <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> And because of that, you want a little Jemmy. <laughs> Jemmy is his nickname because you're going to name him Jeremiah, but you don't want people to call you both Jeremiah, so it's going to be Jemmy. It's so gross. <laughs> can, can, I, can I say that the way that I was booked for this podcast was so weird oh, in let's my hear opinion? About it. Yeah, yeah. Do you actually have someone who does your booking for the show? Did you think you were talking to me the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. The, the name, okay, the name on the email, first of all, is like such a, a name that could be made up that... What is it, the name Marco Polo or something? Yeah. Yeah, Marco Polo. That's his actual name. At least that's what he goes by. He also lives in a car, in a Honda. Okay, first of all, I don't... 
I don't know how you guys met, but that's already <laughs> fascinating to me that that's who books your show. Yeah. Second of all, they went through my management company. They emailed my manager <laughs> directly, and my manager emailed me like, do you know this podcast? And I go, yeah, it's a buddy. I'll reach out. Thank you. And then I, I hit them back with a separate... It didn't make you look bad or anything, did it? No. It was just okay. like... It was funny. Like I, I, for a minute, thought that you were playing a prank <laughs> on me because it's listing the credits and the former guests of the podcast. I'm like, I'm good friends with Ari. I've known him forever. And then like you're laying out. Like I see all the clips. Like I follow you on social media. Like, you know, we work together on different shows and stuff like that. Like it was just very funny. It to is. Me. It is weird. And that's what most people say who come in here. They go, Why didn't you just ask me? But my least favorite part about podcasting is the booking it's well i agree i mean it's it's, it's annoying and just scheduling so this guy marco polo i still don't (laughs) believe that this guy is real his name is marco polo and he lives in his car and And he's a lift driver and he's a lift driver i believe that part of it (laughs) so he uh as you may or may not know i used to produce barry katz's podcast yeah and he interned for barry katz couple years after i was i no longer produced it mm-hmm. and when he was interning there he saw my name on papers and emails or something he just came across me and looked me up and enjoyed my content and he reached out to me and said hey if you ever need help with anything let me know what i could do i would love I to love be part this. of it i love it and i said I don't know what you could. First, I said I don't know what you could do. That's what my first. <laughs> I don't know on. what discernible skills you I don't, have for me. I, or I don't know what I need help with. Like what? Yeah. What am I doing that I could use assistance with? So then, as time went on, I go. I need to find someone to book it. So reached out and he and said, there "Yeah, it was man. man." And you know what? He got Jeremiah Watkins he here. He got me on the show, man. Yeah. It was a very legit email that I was like, if this is Ari, this is the funniest <laughs> prank that he's doing, going through my manager to get to me. Not me. Uh, who's your manager? Uh, over at Oh, wow. Yeah. So, open their eyes to this podcast. You know, you'd think, uh, part of me thinks that should, should I should we should, should we put a, a sensor bleep over my mouth and then a sensor bleep over your mouth whenever you say oh so and so open their eyes to my podcast I think you should do that and yeah, well, it's a little bit of work but I think oh it's I funny. can handle it um, no but part of, you know part of me thinks to myself you know that's one of the top management companies in comedy right yeah so part of me thinks to myself oh if someone emailed them my podcast to try and get one of their people on it. That they would just ignore it, but they didn't. But not to discredit you, I feel like they brought it to your attention. No, I feel like I feel like my manager. Like I, I make myself pretty available if people want to reach me online. Uh-huh. Like you can find all my info on my website. Yeah, like, so I'm surprised he didn't just contact you directly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's one of those things where I think my manager's used to getting hit up randomly because I make things like, hey, if you want to book me for something like. And it's a it's something fun or something cool. Like I'm down for the cause. So if I reached out to maybe one of his bigger through through your manager to his bigger client, I don't, don't want to say bigger. You're very big. I don't think it would work. But the biggest, he would ignore it. If he I were, don't know, for example, I, your manager, I, I don't know. I don't know your manager how he represents uh, Crystalia, right? Yeah. So if Marco Polo 
<laughs> emailed your manager. I don't think it would get. I don't think it would get to Delia. I don't think it would get through, dude. <laughs> I think there's too many. I think there's too, also too many. There's too too much of a volume True. of that kind of stuff. So like, you know, if it's a random email that's like, hey, this is a good thing, and he knows that you know I just put out an album and stuff like that, and that I'm making kind of the podcast rounds right now. Yeah, I recently had your your album co-creator. Oh, really? Podcast. Has that episode come out yet? Not yet. Wow. I'm Pat excited for that. Regan. Good. He got really deep. Did he really? Mm-hmm. I believe He that. talked about his struggles. Really? Through the world. Was it a good episode? Yeah. Heck yeah. It's my boy Betty Reagan right there. Pat Reagan. Is it Reagan or Reagan? Reagan. Oh, shit. I've been saying it wrong. It's okay. Uh, 90% of people say it wrong. I always have to correct people. Reagan. We we recently did a. Uh, I know R- Reagan and Watkins. We did a uh, we did a, a spot on that uh, that NBC show that's coming out. Uh, oh yeah. And they literally announced his name wrong, and I went up to the producer. I go, "You gotta do another take of that. You said his name wrong." And uh, they're like, "Oh, sorry." And then Pat's like, "Thanks, man." Because <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have done it. I don't know. I, I feel like he might have let it slide, and I was Cause like, "Because it's such a, it's you know, it's saying it wrong, but it's not like it's butchering so close. it." Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. so close where a lot of people say Regan, but it's just, I'm just like, say it like Ronald Reagan. Does anyone ever say the name Jeremiah wrong? Uh, no, they just might lean on certain syllables a little harder than others. Jeremiah. They they a lot of people go Jer E, like they think it's spelled J E R I, but it's J E R E M I A H. So they'll say a lot of people spell it wrong. Oh, Jeremiah. Like, yeah. eh. Does anyone spell it that way? Not that Jeremiah? I know of. I mean, yeah. I don't like, know. Like, is the biblical version of uh, The biblical version is how I spell it. I mean, yeah. Jeremiah. With an O? Anyone ever do that? Jeremiah? Jeremiah? No, that's a different name. <laughs> Jeromia. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the female name equivalent of Jeremiah? Uh, Jeremiah, maybe? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Sounds like a... <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, Jew, <laughs> <laughs> like a Jew, right. like a favorite Jew, a favorite Jew. That's yeah, what it yeah. sounds like yeah. Um, have you ever? Do you know the premise of this podcast? Were you told by Marco Polo? Uh, no. Okay, I need, that was one thing I need to start did. telling him to. Yeah, that was one to, of the things that I wasn't briefed on. That I need to start telling Marco Polo to. He just told brief stats, guest. former guest, dude. So you know, he, he got so me he's here. got the the pitch down. He's got the pitch down. Now he's got to get the prep down. No, because here's the thing. Well, the prep should be in the follow up email after the booking. That's right. I mean. Yeah, you'll lose some people. Right, if, right, if right. You say it right off the bat. So he's got to get the confirm. Once the confirmation is in. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. By the way, here's the homework. Yeah. For the podcast. Oh, the okay. homework. Okay. Not real homework, but yeah. like it's not like acting homework. We it'll take up practice and hours, yeah. but. The premise of my podcast is that since we've known each other, you may have not known this because we've both been busy the last couple of years, so we don't hang out that much, but I've become an expert in everything, really knowledgeable mm. on the world, sure, on psychology, on philosophy. Yeah, I've been hearing, yeah. On health mm-hmm. and wellness, mm-hmm. physical fitness. You name it, really. Honestly, everything. I don't want to toot my own horn. Yeah. But I'm the man now. Well, I mean, and I can tell with your different stand-up sets, like your vernacular has changed <laughs> and your references are way different. And I'm getting political. Way more political, way more scholastic than before. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's true. So, what I want to do with all this new knowledge that I've been gaining is help people. Sure. And I want to help you. And if mm-hmm. so, if you have any problems in your life, anything in your life that needs fixing or work mm-hmm. issues, whether that be relationships, friendships, career, family, you name it, I could fix it for you, or at least put you on the path to get it fixed. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anything in your life? <laughs> Man, this is definitely something that should have been prepped. So I would have an uh you know an answer ready to go. It's it's better this way. It's, it's not better. It's worse, but it's it's unique. You're gonna be searching a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's see something that I can work on right now. I got a great relationship with family. So oh, everyone in your family you get along with perfectly. Yeah. Even your brother. <laughs> yeah. Close with. My brother, sure? but I but I love the this, the therapist look that you're that you're giving me right now. Like, tell me, are you sure? Tell me about your brother. What are you doing with your hand? Tell, just let me know what what is. Both brothers. <laughs> Both brothers. Do you have yeah. two brothers? No, just one brother. Uh, that brother, <laughs> older brother, younger sister. Both brother and sister. Yeah, and they're both comfortable hugging you. Yeah. After everything? Yeah. I would hope that most people who are in my life are comfortable hugging me. But You yeah. would hope, but it's 2019. I mean... You Probably know. about half the women, it makes they feel violated afterwards. They just don't say anything because they're scared. Is that a real I, study that you I read a, half? I read a statistic on Reddit that 50%... Which is, that is the place to go for, for statistics. statistics. Yeah, Especially for psychology place. and therapy. Right. But continue. Reddit's the number one place for sti- yeah, statistics. Yeah, yeah. I read a st- statistic that 50% of white women in America get uncomfortable from men hugging them and they feel violated after, but they're too scared and f- and frail to say anything after the hug. Wow, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That just means there's a lot of bad huggers out there, a lot of lingers. Yeah, or maybe they, it's like there's this, you know, if you hug a woman too tight, it could be, it could be bad. And if you hug a woman too loosely, they could also, they could also, that might make them uncomfortable too. Like you don't, there's this balance. If you just, if you give <laughs> yeah. a girl like a dead hug. If you're doing like a marionette puppet, like. Yeah. If you give a girl that hug, they're, <laughs> they're equally creeped out than if well, you yeah, held them then, too long. And, and then your hand just slowly slides off the shoulder. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I barely hugged you. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's even worse yeah, than, like, than yeah, a long I would hug. Like a better, like a proper. I would have liked a creepier hug than that. Yeah. So it's like you got to be careful out there when you're hugging. That's why now when a girl goes to hug me, I usually just tell her I have a cold every time, even if I don't. I just go, oh, sorry, I have a, I have a bad cold. And then I maybe I'll touch elbows with her. Because then it's like. That makes everybody feel like you're everyone in feels, a good platonic. Everyone feels safe. With an elbow touch. Yeah. Everybody's. It's good. Just touch elbows. Just that's yeah. what, If you're a guy out there in 2019, if you're a man and you're in the workplace and a girl goes in for a hug, you just tell her you have a cold every time. Yeah, dude. Sorry, there's I have a little probably bit of a cold. some fetish dude out there who's like whew, into elbow sucking or something like that, dude, that is going to ruin it. There's going to be keep being progressions of things that like after a while, like that's going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> She'll, Cause it, cause so he'll get in are, trouble. People are that gross. It'll be an article on New York yeah. Times about this guy, this famous guy who would like 
hold his elbows against women for too long. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I you never so. know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so your your family is good. Yeah. Parents too. Yeah. Your mom and dad still together? They're not. Yeah. Sorry to hear They're that. They're both. Yeah, man. Are your parents still together? Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in, dude. I didn't mean to do, do no, that. That's okay, dude. Uh, so fine, man. they're divorced. Your mom and dad. Yeah, mommy dude. Mommy and daddy. Yeah. And how old were you when you they got divorced? I was seventeen. Junior year of high school. That's a tough time for that to happen. Yeah. It's Transi- like transitionary period. You know, it's like on one hand you want them to be happy and be away from each other, but then on the other hand, they couldn't have waited till you went to college. They couldn't have waited another two years. My sister was fifteen at the time. So it was like They couldn't have waited three years for her? Well that's the thing. It goes from one more year for me, but then three more years, three or four more years for her. So it's like, eh. Is she okay from this? Yeah. You're both okay? I That's think we're okay Is now. that when you decided to become a comedian? Yeah. No, I, I've been, I, I think that certain events surrounding my teenage years kind of shaped and formed different points of view that led me to being a comic. But I want to be a comedian since I was a little kid. And you still wanted to get married even after going through a family divorce. Yeah, but I definitely was. It was scary for me being a comic, to to get married because it's not an. It's quite the opposite of normal for Is comedians. It? I feel like a lot I of comedians so. are married. I feel like later on. Yeah, le- yeah, later. True. I think I'm a younger yeah, you, guy. Yeah, you are I think younger. I'm a younger guy to to get married. That like I as agree far with. as statistically, like a lot of people who are comics. Who get married, in my opinion, that I've just kind of monitored from the age groups, a lot of them are more more mid thirties and established. Yeah. And they're like kind of more settled. They're either they're either very successful or they've given up on being successful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Sure. People who get married. Yeah. Not and you're not I don't wouldn't say you fall into either one of those categories. I would say you're moderately successful. Uh huh. But you're still very driven to become very successful. Sure. Yeah. That's where I feel on that. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Because I know everything. I know. Everything he knows. Everything. Everything about the world. I think uh, uh, between like bumpers, like I'm just going to throw like some different like theme ideas and stuff. Okay. Uh, where like after like a moving moment on the show, there's a title card that sweeps by that just goes unlicensed and then like it cuts to the next segment of like so how old are you when your first pet died <laughs> unlicensed Creating wow and th- did that divorce affect you long term yes it did unlicensed <laughs> that'd be a great commercial <laughs> yeah for the show yeah for the show and you that, gotta then, do it and then that's what Marco Polo could send to each person if you yeah. want to know what the show is about and then, and then send them that and then like uh, and then one of them is just Marco Polo reading the stats of the show that that he said in the email like Ari Manis has had he has this many downloads and this many SoundCloud SoundCloud subscribers unlicensed <laughs> <laughs> like intercut between the guests where you're like wait who is that guy is that Marco Polo you never put a title card like under him like a he lower remains third. mysterious he mysta- m- remains mysterious yeah unlicensed unlicensed when. How old were you when your best friend passed away in a car accident? Um, I was only six years old. Is that true? Unlicensed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, you you got me. Yeah. Uh, uh, have you had any close friends pass away in your life? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. When was the first time? Uh, the first one, I think, was... I think when I was 20 years old. You could 21. still pass for 20. I was, I was like 21. You could still pass for 21. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, I think I was 21. Uh, I was out here living in Los Angeles. Okay. And yeah. he was still back home in Kansas? She was she a was. good friend who lived out here. Yeah. Oh, she lived out here too. Mm-hmm. Was she another entertainer? She wasn't. I actually met her doing phone sales, which is my first job that wow. I got when I moved out here to LA. Was that commission based? Commission only. There was not a base. No hourly rate. No hourly rate. It Did was, you make any money? Dude, I I that job literally the reason why I look back on that job and it was literally the re, I think the reason why I worked there was to meet the few people that I still remain friends with some of the people. That, oh, wow. Yeah. That's that nice. Or from that job. Uh, Except for this one girl. Yeah. Who passed um, away, unfortunately. Rest in peace. God so God. the job, I made like no money there. I ended up looking back on it and I was like, it was like the Napoleon Dynamite thing where he's doing the math and like, that's like a dollar an hour. <laughs> that's when I hear about jobs like this that are commission based, I think to myself, if I was going to take that job, I might as well call venues and try and pitch myself as a comedian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sell myself. Which I'm not going to do that either, but my, if I was going to do something like mm-hmm. that. What were you selling? Oh, it's so unfortunate that this is like a thing. It was, it was artist mm-hmm. promotional packages for musicians. So you were so, calling musicians from MySpace. This is when MySpace was big. Wow, so. I didn't even realize you've been here that long. Yeah, what year was this? This was in 2009, with okay. like the tail end of MySpace and like. Okay. People people were using MySpace then. It had already kind of had almost gone because Facebook R- had completely overtaken it. It was one of those things where people still had to be on it, even though people it was still had to be on it. Kind of like. In my opinion, kind of what Facebook is right, right. now. Right now, everyone's where, on Instagram, but like right, people move platforms, but they still want to kind of keep ties there because they they spent so much time and built up so much energy. And it's like even though no one uses Facebook or even almost well, I want to say Twitter. People still use Twitter. People still use them all. Yeah, but Instagram's far and away the most important, I'd say. Yeah, but when you if you took a marketing class right now, they would all still say make a Twitter, make a Facebook. Make oh, of an, course, they would all still yeah. So a lot of musicians still had it because they that's where they yeah. built up their fan base and stuff like that. So we would call random musicians that we would be given leads by the lead department there and we would go and try to pitch them like, hey, we want to put together like an EPK for you, an electronic press kit, which yeah. for actors would be like a reel or yeah. like a highlight right. kind of set up with like a resume. and. Okay. And different things like that. And we would just sell those packages to different people. And they would do it. But they, the promises that they were making to the people that they were telling us to pitch them on. Like, I would follow up, like, later. I'm like, hey, what, what's going on with, you know? Like, what's going on with these people who we sold this stuff to? They're like, oh, yeah, they're being taken care of. And it ended up being a scam. 
ended up being the whole company like shut down because it was a scam based company. They literally weren't even making them any. They were making them EPKs, but they weren't. They weren't providing any connections. They weren't submitting them. Like yeah, they were claiming, oh, we could submit you to these festivals. They were claiming that they were going to get them like gigs and stuff, and like it was just like having a fake agent kind of thing. But that that was they're being charged for. So it's real slimy. Like it's so it it was it ended up working out that I didn't sell many of them because like looking back, I'm like, oh man, that sucks that. I didn't even know that I was selling like garbage scam. to yeah. people. Yeah, you're people. just uh, an employee. Yeah. You don't know. You're in an office. You go, I guess they're legit. They got an office. Yeah, we had an office. Yeah. Like it was nice equipment and everything in there. And it was in LA on the Sunset Strip. Like I used to skateboard to work every day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I saw recently, not recently because you're all healed, but you hurt yourself pretty bad on a skateboard. <laughs> I broke my arm last year. That was a whole year ago? Yeah. Time flies, dude. I know. You dropped into a mega ramp. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> a mega ramp. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Jeremiah Watkins drops in on his skateboard on the mega ramp. It was a quarter pipe? No, it was a half pipe. It was like a bowl at a skateboard. What that was, was a quarter it? pipe, yeah. A quarter pipe, but a yeah. big quarter pipe. It was big. Cement. It, I, I bit off too much. Of, uh, a yeah, big it was cement, cement quarter pipe. It was cement, yeah. yeah. And that's... <laughs> just not forgiving as i did you commit too hard or did you not commit enough well people who are good at skateboarding said that i committed but i also i didn't plant my foot entirely on the front of the board so i kind of slipped off so some people are saying that i i committed but in the wrong way like (laughs) like i should have like if i would have put my feet in the middle of the board how you're supposed to like on on the bolts i probably would have had a different kind of fall but i slipped off the front so i just pancaked on the ground oh i saw the video it is gnarly it's pretty brutal yeah it's just like cringy more than anything because you're also looking at like he broke his arm doing that but then you see my face and you're like oh yeah like i'm just like sweating immediately and i'm like (sighs) was that one of the top five worst moments of your life I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because dude, Yeah, no, I I believe I, it. I think so because yeah. I've had a lot of injuries doing dumb stuff over the years, but that one as an adult and being as a comedian knowing that it's going to affect work, like that that's what was scary. I literally laid on a bench for like 15 20 minutes like uh I was like if it's still hurting this bad in like after I'm chilled out for a bit, we have to go to the hospital. Yeah. And I'm not that person who's like, no. I need to go to the hospital. Of course. You know? Yeah. You're a pretty easygoing guy. Yeah. You'll fight through it. I'll try to fight through it. So. One of my favorite memories of you, uh, one of my earliest memories of you, it was, what was that open mic that was by UCLA? Westwood? Westwood Bruco. Bruco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was at Bruco. <laughs> And which is at this, basically a bar, mm-hmm. like for college kids. Yeah. And there's a separate room yeah. where they did an open mic. And people who were drinking at the bar would kind of wander in and out to check it out. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a better open mic than most in LA because there is a chance you'd get an audience. But you were up there and it's pretty late. And there was no audience. There was no audience. There was maybe three, two or three people. It was, it was a, the energy in the room was not good and i think you've done this before but this is the first time i saw it and they called your name and you 
went on to like trip and fall over every chair as he walked to the stage. Just these elaborate falls. And I just was like, that's when I knew that we were soulmates. Uh, yeah, I uh, there's even a, I think one of the times I did it, I don't know if it was the time that you saw me do it, there was a a chair that was already half broken <laughs> on stage. And I kept falling into it until it completely broke. <laughs> like I kept like falling into it until it like blew to shreds on stage. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll still do that kind of stuff every once in a while. Not quite as often because uh, the sets are longer now. So <laughs> you have a bigger hole to kind of get out of whenever you do stuff like that. Yeah. I, and, you know what I mean? Well, and now... The shows are better, I feel like, too. Well, yeah, so you, like, you it's don't fun to do those when the show doesn't matter well, at right, all. You it's don't horrible. necessarily, the audience doesn't deserve that. So, I, like, every once in a while, I still love doing that just to, like, I did a, like, last, literally last night, uh, I was at the store in the original room. I had, like, an eight minute set, and for the eight minute set, like, I, I sang this song with Avery, uh, that was all about We Got a Show, and it was, it was me rhyming and making dumb stuff up about about how there was a show going on. And it's like, yeah, dude, we're at the show. <laughs> but I was just like, it was like this anthem of like getting people into it. And I did that for, I went to the audience and like, f- you know, fell all over the place, tripped over the stool, did the thing. Had to be there, but, <laughs> but I still like doing like weird, like outside the box, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you find it scarier? Would, do you ever do, have you ever done something that crazy? like falling and breaking a stool repeatedly at a pack show? Uh, yeah. I mean, last night it was pretty packed. It was? In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty packed last night. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like one of those 10 people crowds. It was like uh-huh. a full crowd. Nice. Yeah. See, that's when it gets really scary for me. Like I, sometimes I'll be weird if the crowd never as weird as you, but sometimes I'll yeah be weird for me if it's a light crowd and I'm yeah. just kind of more fearless. In my opinion, with the bigger crowd, some of my some of my really really physical bits that I do that take a lot, I won't I won't do them in front of small crowds because it's not even worth it to me. I'm <laughs> right, like, it's this, not I'm worth like, the hurt. energy that I'm putting out there is literally not worth it for these three people. Like I, I need like a more like it's such a grandiose performance. It doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. I agree with that. That being said. Part of the reason it was so funny to me is that you were committing so hard to falling for like two people. <laughs> yeah, which I still do that like all yeah. the time when I go up late night or whatever, and there's a small crowd. I, I still commit the same level as I do, whether it be a packed room. But yeah. I do hold on to a couple bits, right? That are that I like too much because I don't want me to lose faith in the bit. I get that. But Jamar or somebody from the back, usually Jamar, will call out and be like, "Do that one bit," and it's <laughs> always a super physical bit when there's nobody there. I'm like, All right, dude. I guess I'll do it. Here we go. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. What's the most physical bit? you did on well i guess with regan watkins you just did music i was gonna say what's the most physical bit you've done on like tv um it would definitely be something with the wave for rose oh Battle. yeah forgot about we get that. real physical for that show. yeah you get very physical uh the i mean we that's straight slapstick so we you know i put my head through like paintings before <laughs> uh 
I mean, I've done legit pratfalls like where I've like fallen straight to the stage or I've literally ran into the mirror and <laughs> how they used to have that mirror in the belly room. I ran into it and fell down because they made a bird joke and I f- like flew into <laughs> the mirror and, and fell down. Uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of physical jokes on that show. Okay. I think I know the answer to the qu- this question, but I'm going to ask it just in case I'm wrong. Um, you do, you do a lot. I think we, we touched on this earlier, but I think, I think more than any comedian that I could think of, just the most amount of projects. You got your stand up, you got your sketch, you got Kill Tony, The Wave, uh, Regan and Watkins, your podcast. Yeah. Com- everything. Yeah. Comedy Jam. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn Comedy Jam. Just stand up on the spot. Yeah. Stand up on the spot. Your show you're pr- that you produce. You're. Yeah a workhorse what out of all those things has do you get recognized for the most uh honestly kill tony that's what i was that's what i thought which is uh it's kind of cool uh because that's something that is a self-started thing which is pretty gratifying like i'll like i've you know i'll get here and there uh, like on the road it's always kill tony and roast battle because especially middle of the U.S. and the South and stuff, they still watch Comedy Central and TV and stuff like that. Yeah. And they replay those episodes a lot. So we'll get... The Rose Battle ones. They, yeah, they yeah. replay those a lot. So we'll get... Uh, like People will know me from that, uh, but it's mainly Kill Tony, to be honest. And it's mainly podcasts, and it's a very new age, different thing like all like i've gotten i got a lot of love from uh the netflix historical roast stuff mm-hmm. i had like a bit part on that i played uh freddie mercury's cat okay uh and then uh avery pearson and i did the the music for that show so we're the house band every episode oh i didn't know that yeah that's cool uh but it's yeah it's definitely kill tony and those are i mean those are the, like the most legit comedy fans like at all the the projects and stuff that i've done what is your motivation to do all these things is it to get a career going and and support yourself is it pure fun you just enjoy doing it all and and that's what motivates you what's your biggest motivation to do so many things because you know we you obviously love comedy mm-hmm. and love doing it i think we all do but there's got to be days where you're like i want to do nothing today but i have these seven things i have to do yeah i uh I have to definitely like give myself pep talks every once in a while. But for the most part, I'm able to do that many things, like those many different projects because I genuinely love all that stuff. Because Kill Tony, Roast Battle, The Comedy Jam, uh, even Historical Roast. Like I, I did a bunch of those shows early on before it was a TV show. And even most recently, I did multiple of... Uh, the stand up to the streets, the funny dance show before that came a TV show. So mm-hmm. I go into it with, uh, I give like whatever show that I'm doing, I give my all to, and I commit a thousand percent and I pour as much love and positive energy into it as possible and commit to it and hope for the best. But all of those projects started out, not a money maker, right? We didn't make money with any of those things. It was like a, a natural evolution that that comes with the show 
getting better and then industry starts coming and checking uh-huh. it out and stuff like that. So I started off just because all of those came from the love of me doing the projects. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I started like my podcast, Jeremiah Wonders and Stand Up on the Spot. Those like, you know, don't, they're not like big money makers yet, but I believe that because of the love and everything that I'm putting into those, that those will be the shows that in the long run will be able to provide for myself and, and my lady. And your future little Jemmy. Could be. What would you name your son? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know, dude. What would you name your daughter? I, I mean... I would name my son Tad. T-A-D. I would want... I would want my one of if five kids named Ari. Yeah, Ari Watkins. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would want even if it's like a middle name. I would want my brother's name to uh, to be if I if just I because guess. you love your brother. Yeah. Yeah. What's your brother's name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Another strong J Kinda, name. Yeah, just uh, you know a standard name. <laughs> I know. I could have Ari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you want to give your kid a Jewish name? Can I just how about let's just start off with Schneider. It would be kind of ironic, funny to give your name ironically a very Jewish name, mm-hmm. even though he's not Jewish. Yeah, be kind of a little or like a female name to a boy. Sure, that'd be mean though. Right. Yeah. Boy named Sue, Johnny Cash style. Yeah, boy named Sue. So you have all these projects. Some of them aren't making money. Some of them are, but. Does it make it harder for you to take, are there a bunch of, do people come to you with projects all the time and now you're a lot more selective with them? I'm a little bit more selective, but only because there's only so much time. And what I've found out and off the, you know, and off the start doing this, the, the longer my career goes on is I'll have to start kind of being a little bit more selective with the, the things that I'm a part of just because I don't want the quality to go down. I don't right. want to spread myself too thin where it it just doesn't make sense like you know what project on your repertoire that you got going on uh would you cancel right now first and foremost who do you i can't whose say that. project i absolutely you, can't say that do you think is the worst i can't say that whose is the best okay we could skip to that question yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. um i have some projects here that i wanted to see if you wanted to work on um <laughs> Unlicensed. <laughs> uh, first project is: uh, Would you be interested in starting? Uh, I have this restaurant idea, and I want your face and name attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Jeremiah Watkins Hot Dog Stand. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in starting that with me? <laughs> I think we need to workshop some things. Uh, the name first off: Jeremiah Watkins Hot Hot Dog Stand. <laughs> I mean. It's funny because it's so bad. <laughs> bad. I put it's, a lot of time into that. You literally. I prepared put, this pit, you pitch. Put, you put no time into this bitch. How many employees do we have? It's just uh, one stand. So to one employee working at a time. I mean, there'd still be a manager that would come check in on that person. Is his name Marco Polo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it'd be Marco. Okay. Yeah, he's responsible. Yeah. So you're in. Is that in? A verbal contract? Verbal yes? Have Marco Polo email me. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh, and I'd, we'd pay you for the name. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You'd get... Now, do I have to work at the stand? So, you have to make appearances. <laughs> see, this is important. This is a part of the pitch. <laughs> now, is my face going to be 
yeah. on Jeremiah Watkins. Oh, every hot dog is going to be hot branded. Is a hot dog going to be going like into my mouth like for the logo like like, like, uh, like it's just like all hot some, dogs. Not every like, logo. We're going to have various like logos. Like a bundle of hot dogs like I with my mouth. Your face open. is going to be branded on each hot dog. So there's going to be like a so black charcoal. So it's just going to be a nose on every single <laughs> a nose imprint on every single hot dog. Your nose isn't 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 that um <laughs> Unlicensed. <laughs> is, you have to cut together a trailer of these of these unlicensed moments. Your nose isn't that. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's see how long I could keep that going. Okay, okay. Your nose, your nose isn't that. Um, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. What? It's not. Doesn't have that much uh, Pr- pronounced m- uh, magnitude. It's it's pretty. Uh, it's normal. Your nose is pretty. It's not. It's really not that. Um. So I have another project I wanted to pitch to. Sure. Um, no. Okay, this project is, um, this one is more of a joint venture. First one was the hot dog stand. This one is a show where you take you, Brenton Biddlecombe, Lucas Hurl, all like the nicest people, like the most kind-hearted ones, Avery, maybe just like really friendly, like Canadian-type friendliness almost, even though Avery is Canadian, but like I'm just going to lump you all in as Canadian. I love it. And we get you guys to do really mean-spirited things. It's actually a, a pretty great pitch for a show. Yeah. it's a I, I like that. A so, lot. We, so we get the four of you. We take you on the street, and you're like, Jeremiah, you see that random handicapped person? <laughs> oh Trip him. <laughs> That's a little extreme. Trip that handicap. Yeah. Or, or or you see that and you then, see that and then woman. There's, and then there's interviews afterwards where like that made us I, the feeling inside when it, we did it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the interviews afterwards, or <laughs> or just the shot of you doing it, and then your apology to them after. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. It's I'm for so, uh, it's for it's TV. For this thing. We're gonna give you ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm gonna feel I'm bad actually, about this. You could have weeks. half the money I got from this. This is yeah. All right, so you're so far you're in with both the hot dogs. So far, and your pitches are pretty strong. Wow, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just came up with them. What on the spot? Did you th- did you think that I had them prepped before the episode? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, we're gonna take a couple calls. These are from listeners. They don't. There's these calls. Uh, they're voicemails. They're not necessarily for you specifically. They're for the show. Okay. And they're people who are calling for advice. And you're going to give it to him. Great. I love this it. This is uh, Cody Hester. Hi, I was wanting to get some advice on how to start looking at more of the positive side of life. Recently, I feel I've been focusing more on the negative outcome of all situations instead of on what should be more positive. And I was wanting to see if you could give me some pointers or something on what I could do to start focusing more on the positive instead of the negative. Okay, before we get into 
giving him advice. I'm gonna play it one more time. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Oh, you weren't even. You didn't. Couldn't hear any of it. No, I thought you were doing a bit for a second. <laughs> okay. Like I, I couldn't hear it at all. I forgot you didn't have your headphones on. <laughs> I literally thought Ari was doing a bit because he goes, "Yeah, been there." And I'm like, "Oh, this is like an improv game that we're doing where now I'm after the call comes in, I'm gonna have to give fake advice to and set up. Like I was literally creating a backstory That's in my it. head." <laughs> All right, here, let's do again. That's a great game. Okay, yeah. so we're going to play it again. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> Hi, I was wanting to get some advice on how to start looking at more of the positive side of life. Recently, I feel I've been focusing more on the negative outcome of all situations instead of on what should be more positive. And I was wanting to see if you could give me some pointers or something on what I could do to start focusing more on the positive instead of the negative. Okay, so before we give him advice on that, I just want to play it one more time. Do you think he is gay or straight? Hi, I was wanting to get some advice on how to start looking at more of the positive side of life. Recently, I feel I've been focusing more on the negative outcome of all situations instead of on what should be more positive. And I was wanting to see if you could give me some pointers I mean, or something I don't on know. what I could it's do. It's hard to, to tell a little bit. It's hard to tell a little bit. I, yeah. It could really go either way. It could go either because way. Because it sounds a little bit like but it's also he could kind also of a just have question. like an accent. It's kind of a gay question a little bit, too. <laughs> yeah, man, he's in touch with his feelings, you know. <laughs> you know, it's a little gay, you know. No, this is actually this is a good question uh, yeah, from Cody. I don't know. I don't know how racy is either. Cody Hester, um, whether he's straight or gay or, or a J or a B or a J or a B or or a W, uh, it's a good question. And I think you know, I sometimes I or a PI Pacific Island. <laughs> oh, Pacific Island. I hope he's not one of those. I I mean, you could call in if you're one of those, but I hope you don't. Hmm. Um, so, <laughs> it's a good question because I think I I find myself getting I'm a kind of naturally pessimistic negative person, mm-hmm. so I could maybe use the same advice from you too. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I think that if you look closely enough uh, at your life, there's always things to find that are positive, and it's important to focus in on those things. And, uh, one thing that I've actually been doing in my podcast, uh, is something called the kindness challenge. And I find that if you are doing positive things for other people, then positive things end up coming back your way. So the kindness challenge is challenging basically, uh, listeners, uh, and myself to do something nice out of the kindness of your heart for somebody that you know or could be a complete stranger. It doesn't matter how big or small it is as long as you're doing something positive to contribute to society. I love this. Yeah. Inspirational. Uh, What's some positive things that you've done through the kindness challenge? Uh, So, okay, I'll... uh, it's it, these are very little examples. Like, but they it can but be, they, but it can small. be yeah. like this is just some recent ones that I that I did. Uh, I didn't really want lemonade at this store, but there's kids who are out there who are trying to raise money for something. I was like, all right, I'll give you know a couple bucks for a lemonade, and we we're just like on the road. Like, why didn't you stuff. want it? I knew it was gonna the be sugar. Bad. 
I knew. Oh, what? It wasn't good lemonade? No. I like uh, I drank it. I took a couple sips and then we until we went a little bit down the road until we were out of You were polite? Sight. Yeah, I was like your lemonade sucks, kids. <laughs> Work on it. I just paid you two dollars you know, for this. I could argue that doing that would actually be positive because it would instill them to be better. I mean, you know, there's always that argument to give them more work <laughs> ethic to keep pushing themselves like, listen, to be kids, better. You can keep the money. I'm not yeah. mad. I'm gonna give you some Ari tips right now. But okay? your lemonade the consistency sucks. sucks. All right, a little bit too much sugar. You need more lemon. This is mm-hmm. clearly powdered lemonade. It, it was. It absolutely was. Ugh. It's like if you're gonna have a lemonade stand. If your one product you're selling is lemonade, yeah. you can't use powdered lemonade. Yeah. And if you do, you at least got to have fake, like some lemons there to put them in to make it feel like it's real. Mm-hmm. Presentation is key. Yeah. Okay. So that was one thing you did. Yeah. I was in an elevator recently. I had extra bottles of water. A dude came in looking tired with his luggage and stuff. I was like, hey, man, you want a bottle of water? Because a lot That's of hotel rooms don't Yeah, they have, charge $7. They char- yeah. So I was like, I, ha- I literally had extra just performed at the comedy store and had like a bunch with That's me. very nice of you. Little things. It can literally be anything like that. Or but when you were doing that nice thing, the bottle of water in the elevator, were you thinking to yourself, kindness challenge? No, I wasn't because I've, I've been doing the kindness challenge long enough where the goal is for it to become a part of your life where you're not oh, even aware that you're doing it because you're doing it so often. That's like the goal behind it is you're putting out so much positive energy. You're not like actively like, I need to do this. But at the beginning, you kind of have to push yourself to go out of your way to do it because you may not be doing it. You might not be life. naturally a nice guy. Not everyone is. Right. You might Especially, be kind of a, know, an asshole it's, like Cody. It's made Hester, me a little bit called. more. This challenge has made me a little bit more compassionate towards homeless people because for, you know, there's. There's a big homeless problem in Los Angeles. I'd say it's a crisis. Yeah. It's terrible. It's a huge, huge Get them out of here. No, just kidding. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's easy to... I don't know what the solution is. I've thought about that. I don't know what the solution is either, but it's easy to walk by people and... uh, Like, I was in New York recently, and this guy came up to me, and he didn't look homeless, but he's like, hey, man, like, I'm trying to get a bus. Like, I'm trying to get subway fare. Like, I just need a couple dollars like to get me on the subway and he like started telling me this story i go dude i like i'm like i hope you're telling me the truth i literally have two dollars left in my wallet right now it's yours you know good luck and and he was like super appreciative of it so i've become a little bit more you know where before like especially when i moved out here i like had to shut it down because moving out here you have no money and everything yourself where you're like, I have to, I have to survive as well, okay, so here's you block it out a little bit more. You know how uh, Joe Rogan, I'm just going to call him out for this, Joe Rogan tips people like $100 yeah, all like the time? Yeah, like a store or something like that. Really generous tip. Yeah. Even, I'd say regardless of, you know, obviously Joe Rogan's not hurting and can afford to do that, but it's still a very, very nice, a nice, very nice gesture, generous yeah. gesture. How rich would you need to have to tip the comedy store door lot guy $100? Uh, it would have to be a lot. It would ten Cause million. I'm not because fifty the, million. The it doesn't make like I don't I don't tip the guys at at, at the store right now. It just doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. Like I don't have. I think extra you should money. tip them a dollar. Well, you work there though. I think you should tip the lot guys a dollar. Yeah. I didn't know you didn't tip. I I don't tip. No. You should tip them a dollar. Yeah. Just the lot guys, not all the door guys. 
Okay. Just just something. All right. Um, but how much it's money? Gonna, it's gonna it's gonna take me getting to that next for how, it to make sense. How much money would you need to tip them a hundred dollars in your bank account? <laughs> in my bank account? In your checkings? If if you had one million right now, would you tip a hundred? I don't know. I wouldn't. Not one million. I think I, for I think me, one like. Those start going pretty quick. If you're, we're that's there. What I mean. with, also, dude, you're you have there. To, we're there so much. Yeah, exactly. That's so what. That, no, that's what's I would do it say. for one. Um, maybe ten. Maybe if I had ten millions in the bank, that means ten million, not in, and you already have all your house. other investments yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ten that's, million that's, in the bank. That's safe. Maybe I tip a hundred dollars <laughs> to the lock guy. What did you gather from uh, uh, Jeremiah's appearance on Ari's podcast? He's a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 generous with uh with wait staff and stuff and and probably because I used to I be do 20%. a waiter. I used to be a waiter, yeah. so I tip twenty yeah. percent for for wait staff or like when I go to restaurants and stuff. Yeah. What about you about that? This is from Jade Kelly. I need some advice. I I think my husband is having an affair with another woman. How do I ask him about it? How would I know? You're laughing at this affair? This is very serious. This is clearly an actor. Continue. <laughs> what do you mean? This is a woman. I'm starting it over. You need a. I'll edit this out so you look a little nicer. I just talked you up as this nice guy. Dude, this and now is, you're laughing at this woman's affair. Dude, if, okay, if I'm not being pranked right now, dude, this is... This is a this woman's is, affair. This is and you're this is cracking up? clearly an actor. Let's play it again. How, this is how much real. did you pay this girl in your scene study class to, <laughs> <laughs> to call into the Listen, show art? I'm not the nicest guy. I think it's funny that you're laughing at this, but you're laughing at a real woman's affair right okay, now. Okay, man. All right, go ahead and play it. <laughs> I need some advice. <laughs> I, I think my husband is having an affair with another woman. Oh, no. Tonight on TNT. How do I ask him about it? How would I know if he's telling the truth? What should I do? <laughs> This is my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, Jade. Um I'm so sorry to hear that. I wish I knew more. Hey, Jade, he's cheating on you. With another woman. If you're if you're sounding Are you playing it again? <laughs> one more time. So good. I need some advice. I I think my husband is having an affair with another woman. You think or you know? How do I ask him about it? I seriously feel How like How would this I know is if he's telling the truth? A monologue from a one woman play. <laughs> what should I do? Like she's literally like like pausing doing the dramatic pauses <laughs> and looking out and like I don't know. <laughs> I think he might be. It happened right over there. <laughs> on our bed. I walked in. And I saw him having an affair. And that's when I started to question, is my husband having sex with another woman? I know I just saw it in the bed right there, but could it be that's a mystery such, that's Do you think unsolved? when women do, or not women, when actors do monologues like that, 
they know that they're that it's bad? They're not aware. They just don't know. They're not aware. They think it's great. Because, huh? dude, every look at every comic who goes up. We all have to think that we're good to go up. It's all delusion. So, after a point, <laughs> like you have to start off whatever field you're going into with some delusion whether it be you know if you're training if you're going to school to be a radiologist or whatever you have to be delusional enough to be like i can make it towards the end of these eight years of school and i can do this and i can help save people's lives to compare that like on what what we do we have to think that we're funny enough where we can get on tv we can like maybe like you know be able to tour as headliners and stuff being movies, sitcoms, whatever. But the funny has to outweigh the delusion at some point. Yeah. So right, like when you're starting out, the delusion is way up here to get started. And your funny is way down here. And as the years go on of you repeating mics and and, and doing shows and getting those reps in, it starts to even out. And then eventually the delusion starts getting very, very small. And that's where you start seeing your very successful people. I like that. That's a good... Uh, Unlicensed. <laughs> that is. That's. I never thought about it quite like Everybody that. Everybody has to be a little bit delusional You're to delusional. follow their dream. But hopefully that... But it'll balance out. Yeah, it comes yeah. out the other end. Yeah. Yeah, I, that call didn't sound that genuine to me. Tell me about your your how you get these calls. I mean, I can't tell you yeah, how... Yeah, you can't divulge how, that information. I can't tell you how the, how the food Hi. is made, dude. Hello. My name is Marco Polo, <laughs> and I think my husband's having an affair. <laughs> you think well, that, what do I do? Do you think that was Marco Polo <laughs> calling be. in, pretending to be? I think, that, I think that was Marcy Polo. Um, let's play a different call. You huh? got a different one? Okay, cool. Because that one, I agree, wasn't just, it's hard to give advice to someone like that. Uh, if, I think if her husband's having I think an affair, if you, if it's you, probably because he doesn't like to be around that kind of energy that you're putting out. I didn't like it. I didn't like the call. Well, yeah, he feels like he's in he's in a drama at all times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd say try and be more of a real person. This is for yeah, Lauren. Yeah, blame the woman. <laughs> 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 That's what you, that was the therapy you just get. I think you just need to clean up your attitude. Then that way, your husband will stop cheating on you. You dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that, oh, I mean, you know, I'm just saying I'd cheat on that woman too, and I don't cheat, but I would on on. Kelly. We'll take the next call. Lauren Kinsella. Hi. I would like a few tips for dealing with grief. My dad died a couple of weeks ago, and since he's been gone, I feel like the whole world has turned upside down. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I don't want to eat. I can't sleep. I feel like things aren't even worth trying anymore. All of the things that seemed so important in the past are not anymore. Nothing's important. Nothing matters. What do I do now? I'm on my own. I don't have anyone to rely on. How can I possibly keep going on like this anything you can do to give me a hand would be greatly appreciated 
Thank you. We touched on this a little bit earlier in the episode. We didn't get too into it, but you lost a friend shortly after moving to LA that worked with you at the scam artist uh, music scam artist place. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say for her? What should she do? Um. I mean, you know. If, oh, this is a. This is if we're if we're tackling this one seriously this is a hard one because you know we both recently lost a friend uh in the comedy community uh that um you know uh grief and negative thoughts the late great brody steven yeah check him out if you don't know who he is yeah um so any you know anybody who's legit going through grief especially like because a family member died or just negative thoughts or having suicidal thoughts there's always somebody who's willing to help even though it seems like there's nobody because the amount of people who suffer after that person's gone is so so great so it's it's so important to you know it's way easier said than done. I'm not saying it's easy to ask somebody for help or it's not easy to, to call somebody and be like, I'm having these thoughts, but they will be grateful that you did and your family will be and, and everybody will be because you're, you're wanted here much more than you think, even in your darkest times. Yeah, that's definitely true. You're, you're definitely one. I mean, even the people who I like really don't like in my life, the people who I make fun of with my friends and say that person sucks. I don't like that guy. I don't want them to leave the earth. Yeah. And I think most people feel the same. Not that I don't even necessarily wasn't even getting suicidal vibes from this caller. Sounded like she was just struggling through grief. It didn't sound like she was necessarily thinking about taking her own life or anything like that. But yeah I, I mean, yeah, who knows but when when you're sad, I mean you gotta you gotta do pick me ups and maybe you feel like you don't deserve it, and your thoughts should be on the person who died but but you gotta do things for yourself to make yourself happy, you know also if it's somebody that's close to you if you're go- if you're grieving somebody's death, there's a point where you know it's in well what i I think is important to tell people it's okay to to be sad like that's a normal response like like. I think what's important is to be sad and know that you're sad and be in it and then move on and start celebrating their life and get to that next moment by remembering them in ways that are positive to you and that are healthy for right. your mental state and your, your life and like getting out of the house and going to places that they, that you enjoyed, you know, making memories with them. Yeah, what would like they want for you? They'd want you to be happy. Yeah, of course. They'd want you to be selfish, to get out of the house, to stop thinking about them, and to live your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who this person was to you who called, but they're in a better place, and, and you can be too if you just join them in the afterlife and die. No, um, if you, if you, uh, you know, if you're selfish and, and uh, you know, be a little selfish, I'd say. Take yourself out to a nice dinner. Take yourself to Hawaii. Get out of the house. Go hiking. Do a little bit of a reset. Yeah, do a little reset and enjoy life. Meet some new people. 
Maybe get an escort. Maybe like a high-end escort. <laughs> to make yourself feel better. Maybe his name's Ari. I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to find new sources of income. If you're listening to this still and you have any income ideas for me to make, uh, I am looking to... Do you have to a Patreon or anywhere they can... No, I don't like to beg for money. I'm willing to do work. Uh, I'm sorry if you have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. I just have a, like a PayPal. I'm like, if people want to donate to the, the podcast, that's fine. To keep it going and stuff like that, but... No, for some reason I'm not into the Patreon. It feels like, even though it's not, you're putting out content. I don't know. I I, I battle with it. I feel like it's the equivalent to panhandling on I'm, the internet. I personally, and maybe I, I should do it, but I, I'm not a personal fan of Patreon. I just try to yeah. put out as much quality content as I can, and if people enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, if I was getting enough things for ads, I'd do ads over yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's it. We ended there on, you know, a little death and darkness, but <laughs> that's how we're ending the show. But, you know, <laughs> life moves on. The show moves on. I think everyone personally, I know that that all my listeners and myself are some of the best people in the world. And I want you to go out there after listening to this episode and be the best person you can be. And that means I want to take Jeremiah's segment of, what is it called? The Kindness Challenge. The Kindness Challenge. Yeah. And I want to put it here. I want everyone to go out there and do something nice for me. I'm going to change it a little bit. Uh, yours is, <laughs> your Kindness Challenge is to go out there and do it for like a stranger or someone in your life. I want everyone listening to this to do something kind uh, for, for me. Manis. So this is the <laughs> Kindness Challenge, Ari Manis edition. Okay, yeah. So if you're listening to this, um, you know, there's been a lot of versions of this challenge to go out there and do a kindness for a, a sh- complete stranger to a homeless person, to a children in need, child in need, to a sick person, to someone in your life that could use a pick me up. I want you guys to all put your heads together and think, what can I do nice for Ari? Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>